Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Thank you, Mitchell. What are you, six weeks out now? Six weeks less a day? Six weeks. He's going to get married in six weeks less a day. If you find a treasure, if you find a wife, you find a treasure. So we're working on our life and death series, a couple more weeks of this, and uh, today we're going to be talking about the tongue. And, uh, you know, what, is it, what does it say? You have to watch your tongue, keep your mouth shut, you'll, you'll stay out of trouble? That'll help you. How many of you know there's actually wisdom in biting your tongue? Because the words that you speak can do more damage to people when they're not spoken appropriately. All right, I suppose all of us have spoken when we wish later that we didn't. You know, those words just kind of come out and then later you're like, whoops. Can I take that back? I, I used this illustration for years in Connect, but I love it. It's like going up to the CN Tower, dumping out a feather pillow off the rails, and then trying to go back down on the street and pick up all those feathers. That's what happens when you speak. You can't get it back. You're not going to go collect all those. Now, I'm not telling you to go to the CN Tower and dump a feather pillow. They will arrest you, and you know what they're going to tell you? You have the right to remain why is it they have to tell you to shut your mouth so you don't get yourself in more trouble? <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. They're being kind to you when they're saying, don't speak. Let me help you here. Because anything you say, we're going to use it against you. Ay, ay, ay. Your words can produce life or your words can produce death. How many of you know this? Let's look at some scriptures here. Proverbs 18:21. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Proverbs 15, 4. Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Actually, if you don't spend time in the book of Proverbs, I'll strongly encourage you, read the book of Proverbs. There's usually, we we, we say there's one a day. Because in the maximum month, there's 31 days, there's 31 Proverbs, one for every day. You read a proverb a day, it'll change your life. Why? If you can apply it. There's so much wisdom in the book of Proverbs because it tells us when to speak and when not to. It gives us counsel and wisdom that is timeless through the ages, throughout the cultures. It doesn't matter what culture, what nationality, what people group, what ethnic group you're with. The book of Proverbs will give you wisdom for living life. John 6, 63, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing, and the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. So we see that the words that Jesus spoke to us actually produce life. I believe God spoke in the beginning, and to this day, I still think that the universe is expanding. Why? Because it's still creating the creative power of the word of God. is still working in the world and the universe that we live in. And then you get into some of the ones that produce death, right? Like Leviticus 19.16. Do not spread slanderous gossip among your people. Or in the message paraphrase, it says, don't spread gossip and rumors. 
How many know there's two parts to gossip? The one who speaks it and the one who both are equally guilty. Rumors and gossip will produce death in your life. Do you know how many people's reputations have been ruined because of rumors and gossip? Think about this. I think, you know, it used to be, and, and not all people in this industry operate this way, but there is some. Did everyone hear me say that? It used to be the idea of a free press was they tried to report the facts. Okay? Now they report agendas. Now they report political ideologies. Okay? I hear someone say something like, you know, um, hey, if you wipe down this surface with Lysol, it'll keep you clean, you know? And then they change that to, like, you need to wipe down your body with Lysol to keep yourself clean. Like, isn't that what the press does today? They twist the truth to fit their narrative? That's not speaking life. That's not building a culture. That's not building unity. That's not walking in love. That's dishonest. The Bible warns against slandering people, and the Bible warns against gossiping about people and spreading rumors. If we as Christians participate in that, we are producing death. And you know what it is? So many people, you reap the harvest of what you speak. Your words are producing something. If you don't like the harvest you're receiving, then change the words you're speaking. Maybe I should say that again. If you are not happy with the harvest you are reaping in your life, then change the words you're speaking. Because if you're speaking death, guess what you're producing in your life? If you're speaking life, what are you producing in your life? That's not real deep. Proverbs 21, 23. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. In the message paraphrase, watch your words and hold your tongue. You'll save yourself a lot of grief. Sometimes I tell people, just stop talking. Quit while you're ahead. Actually, you're behind, but you're just going to dig the pit deeper. Stop talking. Just stop talking. You'll save yourself a headache. You'll save yourself a lot of grief. Some of you know what I'm talking about. As you're taking the shovel going... Too many times we get ourselves into trouble with this little tiny thing right here. We have a family friend. She's a speech therapist. It's amazing to me how much of the treatment when they're dealing with speech therapy, and I probably had to consult with her a little bit more sometimes because I wix my words sometimes, but it's the positioning of the tongue. They're, They're always working to get the tongue positioned properly so that the words can sound as they're supposed to. And, and I find that amazing. The tongue has so much actual power to create or to destroy. And there's a, a theologian, uh, his name is Paul David Tripp. Some of you might have read some of his books or something, but he's, he's commenting, okay, in one of his writings that words have direction and every word you're speaking matters. Okay, he, that's what he's kind of talking about. And for me, it's not something we should take lightly because the way of life and the way of death is in the power of your tongue. 
We've been talking about life, concepts of life, concepts of death, but really that power to create or destroy is within your words. And too many people in faith that call themselves Christ followers do not pay attention to their words. Proverbs 15, chapter 1, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. And then it goes into some of the things that produce life and death in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Let me read some of this, and, and, and we'll see how this flies. Watch. Since you've heard about Jesus and learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. So how many of you know you came from a life of lust and a life of deception? That's your former life. That's not the life we live now. That's our past life. Okay. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. We'll come back to that. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So here, here's some of the things now that are listed in the book of Ephesians that we're supposed to do with our mouth. Number one, so stop telling lies. What are we supposed to do? Tell our neighbors the truth. Stop lying, tell the truth for we are part of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. And he says, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. I love that video. Chantel's talking a minute ago from Windsor, which one was it, Holmes? Rese Windsor Residence. And she's just saying, look, hey, we're giving to people generously to those that have need. That should be a normal part of your life as a Christian. It's not something we do once a year as a part of our mission for our Abba offering. It's something you do every day. We give generously to others. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. So think about it. If it's not good and helpful, should you say it? It's going to be real quiet around some houses this week. so your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he's identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as other types of evil behavior. Harsh words and slander are equivalent to evil behavior. Are you catching this? They produce death. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And then, when we're, when we're looking at these concepts of do your words produce life, do your words produce, what is your, what is your life producing? 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we live by believing and not by seeing. We walk by faith, not by sight as Christians. So when you look around you, what are you looking at? Are you looking at the news, the headlines? looking at all the social media stuff? Are you looking at the, the, the printed press that I talked about? Are you listening to the radio shows? Are you listening to all the nonsense around you, or are you listening to the truth from the Word of God? Because you can go by what you hear and see, or you can go by what you know is true in His established Word. Faith is always going to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God. If you're not walking in faith, you're walking in fear. 
If you're walking in fear, you're not operating as Christ intended for you to operate here on planet Earth. Are your words aligned with faith? Or are your words aligned with fear? Think about conversations you've had this week. How many of those conversations were fear-based and how many of them were faith-based? Humans are made of three parts. This is my favorite part of the message today. We're made of a spirit, a soul, and a body. You often hear me describe the body as your earth suit. If you ever hear me talking about earth suit, it's one of the parts of you. Spirit, soul, body, we're three parts. First Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and make your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. In James chapter three, okay, this is that very powerful passage that people often refer to about the tongue, okay? He references how first he talks about how a small bit controls a horse. A little tiny bit in the mouth controls the horse which direction they're going to go. Learned all about that. Just watch Heartland for all 10 or 12 seasons and you'll, you'll learn a few things about horses. 14 seasons now? Oh my goodness. Sometimes I'm present but not present when that's on. A small rudder controls a huge ship. Little tiny rudder at the back controls the huge ship. Small tongue boasts great things. I don't know how many times. Sometimes I was the little guy, but often it's the little guy that has the biggest mouth. Man, they talk. Hey, hey, hey. James 3, 5. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. You ever meet people like that? They talk a good talk, but when it comes to actually producing, they never show up. Christians are horrible for that. Oh yeah, pastor, anything you need. Okay, I need you to do this. Oh, sorry, I'm busy. I forgot. Something came up. The tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. You look at some of those wildfires that rage. I don't know if you guys understand the massive scale of some of these fires and how quickly they go. If you ever watch the videos like some of those fires move really, really quickly. Really quickly. And uh, it's just one little, one little spark or one little match or one little cigarette or one little that boom, and all of a sudden you've got this raging inferno. But how often do your words get you in trouble like that? Think about it. Uh, people don't do this as much as maybe they did when I was young or maybe they do it more. Most of the time, people are cowards today, I find, so they use weapons instead of fists. But guys, what happens? Someone says something and someone doesn't like it, so they jaw back, and the next thing you know, you're getting in my face, and what happens? They're boxing. None of you have ever done that, though. but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Oh, Mike, I gotta get this in the message somehow. There was a fight last weekend. Some of you guys like UFC. Yeah. Who, who fought? It was uh, Poirier and, and McGregor, right? And, and I noticed, I don't know if you saw, but in the audience, there was a couple Toronto Maple Leafs. It's no wonder the fight only lasted one round. <laughs>
see a tiny spark creates a raging fire of emotion. <laughs> and there's emotions all over the map now from just a few words. Is it amazing how powerful our words are to incite? <laughs> Speak life, yes. I'm going to do another message about the Maple Leafs coming up at the end of August or beginning of, yeah, at the end of, end of, end of August, end of July. I don't know. Coming up. I'll even wear a jersey. Yeah, yours. I don't have one. I will. I'll put it on. No, I'm going to keep it on. I'm going to talk about never giving up hope. I love you too. I got to put the shovel down. No, thank you. <laughs> Among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds and reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It's restless and evil and full of deadly poison. Wow. We all have one of those. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. I mean, I mean, how many of you are standing there singing worship with our amazing worship? We lift up holy hands and we sing praise to God, right? And sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, brothers and sisters, this is not right. It's not right. And then he goes and he explains, he's like, seriously, does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter? Do you get salt water and fresh water out of the same spring? I've never seen it. Maybe somewhere. Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. No, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring, right? A fig tree or a grapevine don't produce olives. Fountains don't produce both types of water. It's not right. Blessing and cursing aren't supposed to come from the same mouth. So where's the answer here? How does this work? How do we figure this out? Let me help you. The answer lies in understanding what the Bible's talking about when it says, for whatever's in your heart determines what you say. Let's read it, Matthew 12. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit or condemn you. Now, your heart, it's the center of all of your moral and mental activity. You tracking with me? Your heart is the center of this, right? And, and it's the sum of your spirit, soul, and body. That's the complete person. 
That's, that's where your heart lies. And, and one of the things we got to remember is, look, number one, Romans, what is it, 12.1, okay? Uh, Brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Your life is a living sacrifice. Your body has to go on the altar every day. Your earth suit gets crucified daily. I die daily with Christ. Isn't that the Christian life? Your life has to be a living sacrifice. If you're not surrendered, as Jade was sharing earlier, to Christ, you're not going to put yourself up on the altar. You're not going to sacrifice your life. To, you're not going to control your tongue. And then in your disobedience, you're going to say things, and then you're going to reap a harvest of death in your life because you're not aligning your words with truth. Your mind is to be renewed. That's Romans 12, too. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world and let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. God transforms us by what? His word. When you wash your mind with the water of his word, when you speak the word of God over your life, when his word is cleansing you, when his word is renewing you and transforming you, guess what? You're aligning your thoughts with his word, and then it's going to come out of your mouth. See, your body has to be crucified. It's a living sacrifice. Your mind has to be renewed. And your spirit has to be regenerated. You have to be born again. What does it say in Titus 3? He saved us. I'm going to read 5 and 6, amplified. He saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we've done, but because of his own compassion and mercy by cleansing of the new birth, spiritual transformation or regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out richly upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So many times our spirits regenerated to new life. We're born again, but our soul, our thoughts aren't aligned with the word of God because we don't put enough word of God in. Where so many times our spirits renewed to the word of God, we're born again, but our flesh is not submitted to Christ. We don't die daily. We want to do what we want. I want it my way and I want it now. But none of you ever live that way. See, if your heart is the sum total of mind, body, and spirit, if you don't have all three arenas operating, then it's no wonder that our words don't line up with what we're supposed to say and think. And then when our words don't line up properly, we don't get the results we want. I'm, I, you can ask my wife, I'm pretty frustrated about this. Just in case anyone's wondering, I'm really frustrated about this. I had my lawn really nice. Green grass, no weeds, okay. And then I decided I was gonna overseed, so I went and bought this seed. I won't even say what brand it is. I am so unhappy because I think they gave me a bag of half weeds. I honestly don't know what happened, but like suddenly, in a matter of two weeks after overseeding, my whole lawn started growing weeds, and I'm like, what in the world? For those of you watching online, someone just said, Toronto maple leaf seeds. <laughs> it looks really good at the onset, but then when it comes to producing, oh! 
Haven't you learned, Mike? <laughs> Sometimes uh, you let your charged emotions rule, don't we? And when your emotions get charged, things come out of your mouth that you don't want to say later. But again, your emotions get charged, you start talking, and all of a sudden you've dumped the feather pillow out, and you're not getting those feathers back. Your words flow from your heart. You can fool yourself, and you can fool others sometimes for short periods of time, but it's always going to come out. What's in there always comes out. To be honest, I probably haven't watched a hockey game in four years, maybe five. So it's really not that important to me. But I know it's important to some people. <laughs> but then again, we always emphasize those things that are most important to us, right? For me, I'd rather spend a little bit more time Bible, a little less time sports. I do sports, I have nothing against sports. I like sports, my kids play sports, but I mean, hey, I go for a walk with my wife almost every night, although last night I like rolled my ankle. So if I look like I'm grimacing when I'm up here, it's nothing to do, well, it's probably you. No, it's not. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> it's nothing to do with you. I just rolled my ankle. <laughs> when I step wrong, I feel it. <laughs> See, my body responds to the natural, just like your words and your emotions respond to natural stimulus from your words. And it's, it's so important that we learn, right, to go to the word of God to look to truth and we start speaking forth the truth from God's word, and we align our submitted flesh with our renewed mind to our born-again spirit, that's when you're going to see the power of God activated inside of your life. But if any one of those three is not functioning as it should be, or not fully submitted, or, you know, if your flesh isn't fully dead, if your words are not producing life, right, if you're not speaking out the right words, then what's going to happen? You're not going to get the fruit. You're not going to get the results you want inside of your life. Why don't you guys stand with me for a moment? You know, one of the things we talk about in Christianity is born again. In John chapter 3, Jesus is having a, a conversation with one of the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of his day. And, and he was trying to explain to him this concept of you have to be born of not just the flesh, but you have to be born of the spirit. And the guy, like, he was a teacher of religious principle, but he just didn't get it. How, how can I, as a man, go back into my mother's womb and be born a second time? And I can see Jesus looking at him like, uh, it's not such a difficult concept, bro. What are you missing here? You have to be born of water and spirit. See, Jesus went to the cross to die for our sin. We can repent of our sin. God will save us. That, that's a promise he's given us. And he has a good plan for your life. Some of you still don't believe that and you struggle. But God has a good plan for your life. But he wants repentance. He wants, what Jade said, submission and obedience. I think she said submission and surrender. But you don't surrender unless you're going to be obedient. Surrender is a precursor to obedience. But submission and surrender two things that are necessary for all of you, all of us. But if you've never surrendered your heart to Christ, then my words are going to bounce off you 
and land in the ground because your heart is hard. It's not open to receive the truth from the Word of God. See, it's only by the Spirit that He opens our heart to receive truth from His Word so it can start producing the fruit that we want. That's why Jesus says you must be born again. You have to repent of your sin. You have to accept His sacrifice on the cross. You have to surrender your life to Him. And I think it was Jesse was talking even about the Lordship of Christ when she was exhorting. You see, everybody likes Jesus as their Savior. Oh, please forgive me of my sins. I want to feel good about myself. I want to appease my conscience that's beating me up because of all the wrong words I spoke this week. But if Jesus is our Lord, we'll think twice before we speak. And a lot of times you'll find you won't speak at all. You'll just grate your teeth like me. <laughs> and your dentist will still ask you, do you grind your teeth at night? <laughs> but if you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus, that's the first step. You don't do Christianity without surrender. Amen. You don't just go to church and call yourself a Christian. Suddenly you become one. Right. There's an act of repentance that has to take place. Will you turn around your life from your sinful acts? You lay down the past life. That's why we submit to the waters of baptism. We make a clean break from the old into the new. So if you never surrendered your life to Christ, I just want to pray with everyone as we get ready to partake of the Lord's Supper. But maybe you've never prayed this prayer. You can pray it with me. Father, I thank you today that you went to the cross for me and as a sinner, I repent of my sin. For every idle word, for every harsh word, for all the foolishness that's come forth from these lips, I repent. Father, I thank you that the blood of Jesus cleanses me and you've restored me to wholeness, mind, body, and spirit. Save me from my past life. Help me to live for you each day. And surrender to be obedient to your commands and teachings in the name of Jesus. You know, maybe you've never prayed a prayer like that, and please come talk to myself or Pastor Larry afterwards. He's usually out at the table, or there's someone out at the table, and just tell him, hey, I prayed that prayer. What do I do now? The Bible likens it to when you first come into faith, just like an infant, when they just come into the world, they need some people to guide them and feed them and care for them. When you get born again, you need some people to guide you and care for you and help you. The problem we run into in the church sometimes is people want to stay infants, and 20 years later, they're still looking for someone to clean up after them. They don't want to move on to maturity. They don't want to go on to solid food. As we go to the cup today, or the, uh, the bread for communion. In 1969, a guy named Kurt Kaiser penned a song. I'm not going to try to sing it for you. Music is not my primary gift, or my secondary gift, <laughs> or my tertiary gift. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. And soon all those around can warm up and glowing. Then he says, that's how it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it, you spread his love to everyone and you want to pass it on. Fathers, we have the bread in our hand today. 
I thank you that we can use the words wisely. That we can use the words that you've given us to take the love that you've placed in our heart and share it with others. Let our words of love always be seasoned with grace, tempered with mercy, speaking the truth, not lies. Help us in every way, God, to honor you. In Jesus' name. Lord, as we look to the cup today, as we've repented of sin and received forgiveness and mercy, we release forgiveness and mercy to others. For every word curse spoken against us, we release forgiveness now. For every heart that was broken by words, Father, I thank you that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're mending the broken heart. You're healing the wounded emotions right now like only you can do. And as we, your people, stand unified, celebrating the Lord's death that produced freedom for all of us, I thank you that you're liberating your people and you're helping us to align our thoughts and our actions and our words with your truth.